I felt better, right? I, better, right? That's a soft word in the sense of, well, what does better mean? I, I felt better about myself, both personally and professionally, after I would engage with my coach, even the, dis- the difficult discussions, right? Even the ones where she did challenge me and say, you know, these actions or you did or didn't do, or Dr. Rady was saying, hey, we, we thought I was identifying a problem. What I was actually identifying was a symptom. Let's get to the root cause. And after those discussions with my coach, I would come out of that session maybe a little mentally exhausted or or tired or whatever, but also recharged. Hello and welcome to The Wardroom, a podcast dedicated to the leadership development of the U.S. Navy's engineering duty officers. I'm your host, Commander Matthew Horton. On this episode, we will be featuring a conversation on coaching as part of the leadership development framework. We are joined by Dr. Robert Rady, who is a strategist and leadership development professional with broad-based 29 years of experience in the field. Currently, he serves as president and partner of an organization contracted to deliver leadership development programs to managerial and senior leaders across federal agencies and business organizations. As a faculty member and executive coach, he has collaborated with several well-respected universities and served a two-year stint with the Center for Leadership Development at the U.S. Office of Personnel Management. Educated in Italy and the United States, Dr. Rady holds a Master of Business Administration from Pepperdine and a PhD in Organizational Leadership from the Chicago School. Dr. Rady was qualified as a Senior Executive Coach by Pepperdine University, where he has coached Senior Executive and C-Suite students in the President's and Key Executives MBA program. Since March 2020, Dr. Rady has been facilitating a course he designed for the U.S. Navy's Engineering Duty Officer School in Port Juanimi, California, titled Leaders as Coaches. We are also joined by Commander Vet Davis. She is a native of Nucluck, Colorado, and graduated from Westminster College in 2005 with a Bachelor of Science in Physics. She went on to complete a Master's of Science in Physics under the Combat Systems Engineering Program at the Navy Postgraduate School. She is a qualified surface warfare officer and has completed multiple deployments in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom. She transitioned to the engineering duty officer community in February 2014, after which she reported to the USS Blue Ridge as the combat systems officer. Following her tour on Blue Ridge, she served as the assistant program manager engineering for a number of C4I platforms at the then Space and Naval Warfare Systems Command. Of course, many of us know her from her time as the course director for the EDO basic course at Port Juanini, where she's been both an active participant and advocate for coaching within the EDO community. So we invite you to grab a cup of coffee and join us for the conversation. Dr. Rady, Commander Davis, welcome to the wardroom. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. I'm looking forward to this opportunity. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this conversation. I think it's an important one to have. I, I know coaching is definitely emphasized as an important part of the EDO uh, leadership development framework, but, but I think... A lot of us, maybe within the EDO community, don't know that much about coaching. So, Dr. Rady, my first question is to you. What is coaching, and, and how is that different from mentoring? It's an excellent question, and uh, as it's a multi-part uh, question, I will give you a multi-part answers, and we'll try to stay within a, a reasonable amount of time. Uh, in this context, I would like to first start uh, um, uh, describing what coaching is not, uh, it is not in, in this context, it's not directive in nature and it's not an advisory activity. Earlier in our lives, we may have become familiar with the figure of a coach in sport activity, for example, or a vocal coach, or even later on, a media coach. All these are directive in nature. We are told what we should and shouldn't do. And uh, in particular, when we're growing up and we have a coach doing sport, 
there's a lot of screaming going on as well. You know, I remember my days. But in the context of today's topic, we differentiate coaching and define it as professional or executive coaching. You have, may have heard both definitions of this type of coaching. So a, a coach is someone who can support you in a specific personal or career development areas. A coach partners with you to enter into a creative process. To do what? To maximize and optimize your personal and professional potentials. A good coach helps you identify and prioritize improvement areas. Break down your end goal into smaller goals so you can incrementally get there and work with you to shape and grow your mindset to create way forward momentum. Way forward momentum. This is achieved by implementing a specific set of coaching techniques and the coach structures and drives the session. To be noticed that a coach doesn't necessarily have expertise in your professional field. The other part of your question, how is it different from mentoring? We have to understand that mentoring is a supportive learning relationship with someone who has substantial experience in your career field. A mentor is someone who can guide you, advise you, support you, and I had mentors who even advocated on my behalf. A mentorship relationship is often less structured than a coaching relationship, and often the mentee is the one that sets the tone. So mentors are caring individuals who share their knowledge, their expertise, their wisdom, to help you understand your challenge and also provide advice to you based on their understanding of the problem and their personal experience. Many of them also think about legacy. They are really driven by that, by leaving something behind bigger than themselves. Here's the kicker, though. A mentor can implement coaching techniques to help the mentee. However, the relationship remains organic, unless it's otherwise specified. So fundamentally, while coaching and mentoring exist for what? For the same purpose. They are structurally different. The different methodology, but both hold significance. They both have a place in professional development. So coaching is about creating this condition that allows your wisdom to emerge and develop a growth mindset toward your personal professional goal. In other words, it allows you to develop self-awareness. Once you can see, you see it, you cannot unsee it. Once it, it comes into your awareness, into your consciousness, it's there. Mentoring is more of a long-term relationship, and it focuses on learning and enriching your professional journey while supporting someone with substantial expertise in the field. I would like to conclude this uh, portion by saying the following, that something that stuck with me many years ago when I heard it the first time. At any given time in our lives, we should uh, be mentored by someone and be a mentor to someone. And let's face it, when we hold a torch to light someone else's path, we end up lighting our own as well. So that is an introduction to this world of uh, coaching and uh, the contrast, some of the contrast with mentorship. No, I really appreciate the discussion and the very helpful explanation, differentiation between the two. So 
It's really good to know. I mean, I guess coaching is really kind of helping me help myself in a lot of ways, maybe. And then mentoring is kind of finding an older, more experienced partner to kind of help us along with kind of a similar career path. But coaching seems a little bit agnostic as to what it is that I'm actually trying to develop in. It's more about developing myself as a leader. Yes. It's about enabling you uh, to create that way forward. In, a, in other words, uh, it's really uh, about allowing you to struggle through that to gain that wisdom you need to uh, create a way forward. Who should have a coach? I mean, is there any particular rank or, or position? Is it just for the executive, you know, the admirals and the generals? Or is it, you know, for more junior officers? Where does that kind of fall out? Uh, that's an excellent question, Commander. And I will say that I'm offering my perspective here. And uh, it may be different than others. Uh, perspective in the coaching uh, community. To me, coaching is developmental in nature, and it can also be used, though, to redirect an individual. Uh, Sometimes, if I have an individual in my life that I see that could uh, uh, use some redirection, I do use uh, coaching techniques. So from my perspective, it's never too late and never too early to receive coaching. In my assessment, everyone can benefit from coaching, especially when feeling stuck when sensing that we have doubts about our professional path or a specific situation, right? Obviously, look, any individual who has direct reports are the ones who potentially should receive coaching, especially if they are in the, in, into their new role. They just moved to their urine, just promoted. But coaching can also be for the short term for a specific purpose. So during a move, for example, when considering an opportunity, when changing roles within an organization, for example, those, those can be short-term. There can be a few sessions to move from one point to the other. But anyone that desires to grow and holds the desire to grow in their personal professional lives, they can benefit from coaching. Because coaching, from my perspective, is at the end of the day, it's a choice. We need to also consider, though, Commander, that Many individuals are not aware of coaching. They don't know what it is. They may have an unclear understanding of what coaching is. They may hold a a distorted perception of what coaching is. Or in my experience also, I've seen that some may have a less than optimal experience working with a coach. Uh, One time I was facilitating a course and um, we had coaching session at at the end of each day of the workshop. And uh, one of my participants uh, at the coaching session, the next day approached me and said, uh, Dr. Radi, I was not a good coaching session. I said, please tell me more. He said, out of the hour coaching session, I got in 10 words. That was not a good experience. That individual did not use uh, the uh, uh, coaching techniques uh, that needed to be coached. So in a nutshell, we are all well served by having a coach, even only for a few sessions. Uh, when we want to create the way forward momentum, where we feel a little stuck in our lives. And neuroscience commander tells us that we can grow, we can evolve, our brain can create new neural patterns. Coaching, that's the foundation of coaching. We all, have, we all have what is called neuroplasticity, and we can tap into it as part of our journey toward wisdom. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of like parallels to psychology, I think, in, in a lot of the discussion here. There's the psychological foundation in what coaching is, although a coach doesn't necessarily need to be trained in psychology, uh, but the foundation of of coaching comes from neuroscience. 
Well, no, I appreciate that. And, and yeah, that part of the reason why we wanted to have this discussion today is because I, I believe that you're right. I think a lot of folks don't understand what coaching is and what the benefits are. And I'll tell you one of the other things too that I appreciate you kind of had mentioned before is the fact that it really is, it doesn't matter what rank you are. And then a coach doesn't necessarily need to be somebody in the same career field. So I think this is probably a great opportunity, maybe for Maybe even for some of our senior folks who um, maybe other folks within the mentor uh, within that same community don't feel they can say some of the things that maybe a coach can say to, to an individual. So that, that seems like a really powerful tool that could be used to help all of us better ourselves as leaders. Yeah, and I would say that uh, um, coaching techniques and coaching skills can be developed. I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, uh, Commander Davis was uh, instrumental in helping me develop the course uh, uh, for the EDOS, and um, uh, frankly, uh, there's the only one way of failing at coaching is not doing it. Uh, that I firm, uh, you know, we all uh, learn how to ride a bike at some point. We did not give up after the first time we fell off the bike, right? We we kept uh, pursuing that uh, uh, skill, and so uh, coaching skills can be developed by uh, anyone that has a care to help others. Well, hey, that's a great transition to my next question then for you. Because so who should coach me or what should I be looking for in a coach? So uh, obviously there are professional coaches, the people that uh, dedicate their life uh, to uh, coaching and uh, they work with clients and uh, for different length of times. What I would say is that uh, coaching is fundamentally, as I said, is about caring for others. So uh, it is about creating and holding a space uh, for you to gain clarity. You should seek out someone that uh, has taken step uh, to gain competency in coaching, for example, is interested in leveraging those techniques to help you, to help others. I would say that uh, you can establish, the, if you are being coached by the right person, with what I call the five-point test, and I will share with you what that test is. Uh, and you can really figure out very, very quickly within the first session if you are with the right person. So the number one is, is your coach actively listening to you? Meaning is really paying attention, curious about what you're saying and immerse of what you're saying. Is the coach, number two, is the coach well-prepared as a, he or she an agenda for the session? Does he or she ask powerful questions? Which powerful question means question that cannot be answered with a yes or no. They are open-ended questions. They are really probing questions and they are not solution disguised as a question. It's not a solution with a question mark at the end. It's not suggestive. It is exploratory. It's inquiry at its best. Is your coach, uh, does it use a coaching method to help you clarify your goals, get unstuck, make connections, see something in a new way, uncover alternative paths? Is he or she helping you to develop self-awareness and create a, a, a forward uh, momentum? And last, the number five is, uh, is your coach providing you feedback? No advice, but feedback under this guideline is uh, specific to the situation. It describes in details the behavior that you have described of the behavior that you have uh, reported into an event. And is he or she able to describe what the impact of that behavior is? Ultimately, it is really a, the right person to coach you is someone that allows you to struggle. I call it the no struggle, no wings. If we 
you see a cocoon or containing a butterfly and the butterfly is struggling in the cocoon. And we take an exacto knife and open up the cocoon to stop the struggle, poor little thing. We actually do the opposite of helping because what happens there, the struggle of the butterfly in the cocoon is to move the fluid from the body into the wings. If you open it up too early, no struggle, no wings. You will have a very strange little creature that will never fly. So a, who should coach you? Someone that is able to create the space with you and allow the struggle to occur for growth. Well, that's great. Thank you. And uh, so, well, hey, I want to bring that here into a little bit of the conversation as a, as a fellow butterfly trying to break free here. Right? So let me ask you, Vet, what did you look for in a coach? So I have, I have one word, connection. Um, not to not to be cheesy, right, and tie it back to the LDF, the three C's, competence, character, and connection, but connection. Um, and Dr. Rady hit on this, right? Like that person that you're going to have this relationship with has to be, you have to be able to build that very quickly, um, at least for me, right? It was that, that connection and specifically connection in the manner of trust, I needed to be able to trust this person because I knew that I had to share some things that were going to be, um, you know, that I was going to be in a very vulnerable place. I had vulnerable pieces of myself that I needed to share in order to grow, um, in order to struggle through that, right, both professionally and personally. So for me, having that personal connection and that ability to build trust immediately, um, being open and honest with this person who I was going to need to help me help myself, right? Like you said, uh, Matthew, that this I needed that person to help me help myself, not necessarily give me the answers. But yeah, so what I was looking for, even without really knowing it, um, when I was first given the opportunity to get coached, I didn't know, you know, like the five points that, that Dr. Rady pointed out. But I knew that I needed to have someone that I felt connected to, that I felt safe being my authentic self, that I felt safe and the connection there and the trust, but also the person was going to, exactly like Dr. Rady said, challenge me, right? They were going to actually help me move forward along this path that I needed to go down that relationship to be successful to be guided on what I needed to do to be able to actually act on it so that I could grow, I could struggle and become, you know, that um, now that we're using the analogy, right, that butterfly. Um, I think I might still be, you know, working out the fluids onto my wings and flying. Uh, so, so yeah, like one answer there, what, what did I look for in a coach without even knowing it at the time was that connection. Um, I had the opportunity to meet with two different coaches when it was first presented and, and the one that I ended up uh, building, having that coaching relationship was with the one that, that I had that, that immediate connection with. Well, that's really cool. I appreciate you kind of explaining your thought process behind that. So maybe let's expound on that a little bit. Can you describe maybe your experience working with your coach? Kind of tell me how that initial relationship kind of formed and, and you know, just like you're describing your experience for me. Life-changing? <laughs> Maybe that sounds a bit much, but, but it was. Uh, very interesting, again, relating back to what Dr. Rady said, when does a coach come into your life? And for me, the opportunity happened. Um, I was going, I was in a new job. So my, my 
what was going to be required of me was changing. I was learning my new position. I'd moved to a new place and I was also overcoming some personal, you know, life decisions. I wanted to become a mother, right? So I was balancing all of these personal and professional goals. And then I also picked up O5 or I'd been selected for O5. So it was like bang, 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 right? Like three, three things in my life that were new, new challenges, new opportunities that I was going to be working through. And so when I say that word life-changing, it was both a timing in my life, but also that person helped me work through those things much more successfully than I believe I would have been able to do by myself operating under my older, you know, preconceived ideas of the way I was supposed to grow. So what my coach did to answer like, hey, how was that relationship? What, what did it, what did it look like? My coach empowered me to to do two things, both recognize the skills that I already had, the strengths that I was, you know, had already mastered and, and helped me effectively use those skills. But she also made me aware of some skills that I either wasn't using effectively or just didn't have, right? The things that I was bad at, <laughs> challenging me for my weaknesses to address them and to define those weaknesses. And then she provided that feedback. Hey, we've identified this weakness. Is this something you want to work on? Okay, if it is, here's our steps forward to work on that. So again, relating back to what Dr. Rady said, that coach was effective or efficiently listening to me and then giving me the feedback and then helping me set up a plan and a goal to, to march through that. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't this, oh, this big, huge list of a giant things that I needed to get done. It was one little chunk at a time to move through it, giving me little skills along the way to help deal with whatever that current, you know, obstacle was to get over at the time. But yeah, she, she helped me define those areas where I felt vulnerable, um, except those areas where I was generally scared of being promoted, right? Being put in that position of, of responsibility becoming a senior officer, and, but also providing that encouragement, you know, and, and helping me along the way to like, when I did accomplish a goal, we recognized it together. She was my cheerleader and she was like, you accomplished this, we've moved on, or we're, we can now move to the next step. And it was so, I, yeah, I keep saying life-changing. It was so difficult, but empowering as we went through the whole process. And one of the, the, biggest things that I really enjoyed about my coach, I didn't know it at the time, I guess, but as we worked through the relationship, she never once gave me answers. Never once did I describe a problem and, and talk to her and she was like, oh, okay, here's what you go do. I would describe what I was struggling with or going through and she would pause and she would say, what I hear you saying is repeat, give me the feedback and repeat it back. And so that we could confirm, yes, that's the issue. And then she would help me work forward on that. So if anyone is looking for, you know, a, a quick fix and my coach is just going to answer all the questions and, and tell me how to move forward. That's, that's not what my experience with coaching was. Um, it was someone that's going to help you identify those problems, uh, challenges, wh however you want to define it. And, and give you that feedback so that you can actually and on, uh, act on it and make every decision very defined, clear, so I knew exactly what I was moving forward with. Uh, she helped 
educate me about me. She helped me learn things about myself that, and I, I knew them, but it was, it wasn't, it wasn't clear, you know, it wasn't, it, it was what I think Dr. Rady, you said, uh, when you see it, you can't unsee it. Right. I believe that's what Dr. Rady said. And so it was like, I, I could, I thought I saw it, but then when I actually saw, okay, this is the way I'm acting and these were the outcomes and those weren't the outcomes that I wanted. So I needed to change my action and I was able to move forward. It was just, I felt better. I felt good. I felt empowered and I felt safe too, right? Relating back to that safe environment where it was okay to fail and it was okay to fall down and get back up and, and struggle, right? And go through those things. So to, to go back to, you know, your original question, describe that experience. It, it, was, it was wonderful. It was difficult. Uh, and in the end, it, it was life-changing for me. Well, thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. So I'm, I'm hearing a lot of themes of like self-awareness and um, bringing clarity to maybe where there are some areas that are not necessarily maybe a little foggy. And actually, you guys are helping me out with some great transitions here. So, Dr. Rady, let me bring you back into the conversation. Because, I mean, I think, I think that has kind of hit on some of the benefits here. Yes. But are there additional benefits to coaching and, and maybe some of the difference and parallels to, to mentoring? Certainly. Uh, what I'd like to point out uh, from what we hear from uh, Commander Davis, uh, number one, how do you eat an elephant uh, one bite at a time? And uh, coaching helps you to see that the elephant is not that big after all once you start breaking it down in uh, small uh, bites. Another aspect is that uh, we see it, uh, what Commander Davis pointed out is that the coach never told her what to do. In the moment someone starts telling you what to do, what the answer is, that is no longer coaching, that is consulting. And, uh, and it's really not what the coach should be doing. But to uh, really address your question, what are the benefits of coaching and the, how they may differ from mentoring, um, coaching and mentoring both exist at the end of the day for what? For the same purpose, to help others grow, develop, and reach their full potential. So both methods, in a sense, give the opportunity for individuals to take responsibility for their own personal and career development. So it's not about one or the other. We need both. In organization, we need both. We need mentoring and we need coaching. Context is important when we need one or the other. If we look at uh, the aspects of what the mentoring and coaching bring, there are, there's quite a bit of overlap. For, they build a trusting relationship. There is a desire to develop. Yes, even trigger new knowledge. Develop self-awareness, as we have been uh, discussing here in the last uh, in couple of segments. And uh, it's really about the discussion of goals that are clear goals. Often we... Through coaching, we uh, bring a problem to the table, and then through the process of coaching, that's the benefit that we realize that the problem was not a problem, was a symptom of something else. And we thought we were trying to solve a problem, but through the techniques of coaching, we realized, well, that was a symptom of the problem, not necessarily the problem I'm facing. This skill development and is really, again, about unlocking uh, someone's potential. And we find the benefits are both in coaching and mentoring. However, as I said, it is contextual. And so we should ask ourselves, when is uh, the time to, be with, uh, to bring the problem to our mentor or to seek coaching? What do I need in this moment? Uh, what are my challenges? Where am I? Where am I? Where am I in, in, 
in this space that I'm, I, I occupy? What do I need really? Uh, what other people around me need from me? Also, that's a very important part. That's why I, uh, it's important to seek coaching when you want to get better at creating the condition for others. I think it's important, Commander, that we really understand also that uh, while the two have been similar benefits and uh, one uh, uh, coaching may be on the short term, uh, through a transition, through a period of time, mentorship is longer. It's a kind of, some mentorship, mentor, uh, mentor-mentee relationship goes on for a lifetime. Uh, they become a very, very, very close uh, friendship and very close personal relationship. Uh, there is really something to be said about, I, I tend not to bring too much statistic when I do a, a segment like this, but allow me to bring to your attention, for example, with millennials, those that are looking to stay with the organization for more than five years seek to have a mentor. And that would be 68%. So they say, a, from new generation, there is a really a, um, if they make the commitment with, to stay with an organization, this comes down to retention. 68% of them will seek uh, a mentor. Another aspect is 89% of those that are being mentees will become mentors. 89% that experienced a, a relationship with a mentor will become mentors themselves. As a firm believer of learning organizations and how the uh, knowledge is often already in the room, it has to be brought out. This is tremendous when you can uh, look at uh, contributing to a culture of learning uh, through mentorship and also coaching. So let me ask you this. How do I know if coaching is, is working? You know, what does success look like? Right. Uh, that, that's the big question. Uh, how do I know it's working? Um, in particular, if I have to put in some of my own resources to get there. I would say, uh, again, a couple of aspects. Are you incrementally moving forward? Uh, are you making forward movement is forward movement. Uh, so are you moving forward? And are you accountable for their forward momentum? Are you really holding yourself accountable and you see that you are more and more clear about the, uh, the direction forward and you hold yourself accountable to achieve each a little piece that you have agreed upon with your coach. Every time you end a coaching session, there got to be something, okay, between now and the next uh, coaching session, what's going to happen? What would you do in order to move the needle? So if you see that this... Uh, Forward moving, uh, moving forward momentum, and you are you are held accountable. You hold yourself accountable, and your coach holds you accountable. That you know is working. The other thing is that is there a commit a commitment, a partnership, a mutual respect with your coach? Where, uh, for example, Commander Davis said the safe environment, that holding the creative and safe environment. That you know is working. And are you becoming increasingly congruent, congruent with what you do? and congruent with what you say. Are you, are you increasing your congruency and are you self, more self-aware of that congruency? And uh, remember that time is a factor. If time, the function of time is important in coaching. You cannot expect some time, it can be a couple of sessions. If it's something bigger that needs to change in your life, it may require a longer period of time. And uh, I always share a quote from... Uh, a Montana rancher that told me once that if you take the time it takes, it will get done faster. 
meaning that everything takes time. Everybody has their own clock, their internal clock. Everybody uh, has different uh, struggle to get there. So these are the elements that will allow you to, to establish if indeed coaching is working for you and make adjustment if you don't think you are on the right path. Yeah, I always live by the maxim, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. That's always the other one I hear. But hey, Ben, let me let me ask you too. So how do you know that coaching has been working for you? I, you seem like you're very positive on it. Can I ask your thoughts on it? Yes. Uh, how did I know coaching was working for me? Um, when I was seeing, for me, it had a lot to do with my personal interactions with folks. I've been told, you know, I can come off abrasive. I have a very big personality and maybe what I was always communicating wasn't actually what was being received on on the other end, right? I was transmitting, but I didn't know what was being received. And so sometimes actions people would take based on the conversations we had weren't what I thought we discussed. It was very much on me, right? On my ability to communicate effectively. And so how did I know coaching was working for me was when I started being able to communicate more effectively, because that was one of my challenges, you know, that I, I wanted to work on. And I actually saw my teams, people, et cetera, even my personal, you know, relationships with like my parents, for example. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the actions that I wanted to see were actually getting done, right? It was happening. I, I was like, oh, okay. It's worked for me because I changed, because I made myself communicate more effectively, and therefore the actions that I wanted or intended to have happen were now happening without this, you know, back and forth discussion and a lot of that. So for me, it was actually immediately realizing the goal, you know, see, well, no, I shouldn't say immediately realizing, but seeing the goal be realized over time. And getting that that feedback, right? I'm I'm a feedback kind of person, whether it's from individuals or from my environment or or whatever. So that's how I knew. I was I knew that I was changing, that I was being received, right? I, when I was transmitting, my my signal was being received differently than I'd originally, you know, intended. I was getting on the right wavelength, whatever. And and so that was one of the biggest things for me. Also. It's like more of an intangible thing. I felt better, right? better, right? That's a soft word in the sense of, well, what does better mean? I, I felt better about myself, both personally and professionally, after I would engage with my coach, even the, dis the difficult discussions, right? Even the ones where she did challenge me and say, you know, these actions or you did or didn't do or Dr. Rady was saying, hey, we, we thought I was identifying a problem. What I was actually identifying was a symptom. Let's get to the root cause. And after those discussions with my coach, I would come out of that session, maybe a little mentally exhausted or, or tired or whatever, but also recharged, right? Recharged and a path forward and a way to go actually accomplish things that I needed to accomplish. So wrapping all of that up, how, how did I know it was for me? Because I saw results, because I saw uh, it happened um, both for myself and and in my environment. Well, that's awesome. It sounds like you really got some good positive experience out of it. And it feels like maybe it helped build a little bit of confidence in how you can go forward as, as you're making the transition to a senior leader. 
Because I think a lot of us do struggle a little bit with maybe some imposter syndrome or maybe not knowing that we are really, truly equipped to do the to do the jobs and, and to effectively execute the positions that we've been put in. Absolutely. I like that you said imposter syndrome, right? This when when the when the message came out, and uh, you know, I, I was like, my name's on that. Me- I made oh five. Yeah, it was. You feel that, and so the opportunity that presented itself at the timing of me making oh five was, I, I was I couldn't have asked for better timing because it helped me <laughs> maybe overcome some. I'm still struggling, right? There's a lot of things that come with being a, a senior officer being put into that leadership position, uh, relating back to what Dr. Rady said about if you've been mentored, then you tend to become a mentor yourself. And that's another requirement from us as we become senior EDOs, we enter into our mentor group pyramids and we get assigned our mentees. And so understanding that there is that different relationship, right, between mentoring and coaching, but the coaching helped me I believe will be a better mentor in the future. So they've tied together. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Rady, and I think you may have kind of answered this a little bit, but I want to ask it explicitly here. So uh, should I have a coach and a mentor and second part to that one? Cause I love two part questions. <laughs> Where should, <laughs> should they be different people or, or can they be the same person or should they be a different person? As Commander, that's an, it's an excellent question, and I'm going to give you initially the answer as an economist would do. It depends. And uh, the reason it depends is uh, because uh, I, I wouldn't divide coaching and mentoring as a, 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 a line that cannot be crossed. A mentor can have coaching abilities and uh, perhaps the way around. But what we have to really look at, it depends the situation. It's very contextual if uh, you would need to have uh, the same person helping you with coaching and mentoring as well. Let me give you a little bit, a very short personal story here. I'm an elected official in the state of California for the city of La Quinta here in the Coachella Valley, in the California desert. Uh, when the, uh, I ran for office, I had a mentor someone that uh, had served in the capacity for 20 years. So she had a very great perspective about how to go about what I needed to pay attention. And she was an advocate uh, for me to be elected to the city council. However, when the pandemic hit, I needed coaching because here's what happened. While I was able to adapt in my professional life, as any change comes, I, I was able to adapt with my clients, with other activities I was doing. In the position of elected office, I was not ready for what had come. Nobody knew what was coming. And so by receiving coaching, made me more effective in uh, managing a polarity between those that wanted to lock down the city and put it into a bubble and those that wanted to do nothing at all and everything in between. I needed to connect with someone for a specific situation and a mentor wouldn't have been able to get me there uh, as effectively. So again, that's why it's contextual. Remember that coaching as a short term, uh, the coach is the one driving the, the session and uh, there may not be necessary personal experience in that topic. A mentoring, again, is a more long term. So you got to really evaluate uh, based on your experience and your moment in time if the two uh, coaching and mentor should be in the same individual or how you can get better 
be more effective if the two would come from two different sources. Well, I would say that's not just an economist answer. That is also a very good engineering duty officer answer. So it always depends. Well, hey, I'm sold. So if I want to get a coach, where should I look? And I'll ask that to both of you. For me, where I would reach to, honestly, I would pick up the phone and call Dr. Rady and call my coach and and say, hey, where do I go to help someone get a coach? Uh, I have done that with a few of the junior officers coming through that were seeking coaching and tried to line them up that way. So there's a few different resources. Uh, There are certain commands. I know at some of the shipyards that have stood up programs to have coaching in place. And so it would be just honestly being aware of the local resources that and reaching out to your chain of command to find out if that is even something that's available through your chain of command for those junior folks. Uh, For the senior folks, I know once you get up to that flag officer level, it's it is offered, right? It is provided. Um, I've I have known of several flag officers having executive coaches that that help them through, for example, transition periods, right? In in coming on board or starting up new programs or whatever that is. So, so there's a few different resources. It's the biggest thing is going to be in knowing people and reaching out and picking up the phone and calling EDO School, calling. Dr. Rady, calling any other resources that you might have? Well, I, I will take a little bit different approach and put a few of your colleagues on the uh, spot. And I would say that uh, some that have, uh, all of the, those that have gone through leaders as coaches, this is a great opportunity for you to experiment uh, in the practice with the techniques that you learn uh, in coaching. So maybe some of you would like to offer coaching to uh, get better and develop your techniques. The others, of course, uh, uh, we have a, a coaching consortium. This is outside your organization, and uh, I do manage a, a coaching consortium, so I, I can obviously connect individuals with uh, the right uh, uh, coach. Well, thank you very much, both of you. I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's been incredibly enlightening, and yeah, I'm really energized and, and pumped about coaching. It sounds like something I want to go pursue. So i got one more question for you, and this is for both of you, and it's my favorite question. I ask this of everybody. Do you have any good book recommendations for us? And it can be about coaching or it can be about anything else. Okay, so uh, I have two uh, book recommendations for you. And uh, the first one is uh, uh, I recommend it to uh, everyone that goes through the uh, workshop Leaders as Coaches. It's titled Co-Active Coaching. It is uh, a, a proven framework for transformative conversation at work and in life. Uh, this is a tremendous book. Uh, it is very digestible. They took away the all the uh, academic stuff and made it very digestible and implementable. Uh, so very good book. Another book that I believe will uh, really align also with uh, where we are going into the future and the importance that uh, this professional development uh, uh, programs, the leadership development will have, is uh, a book titled Full Spectrum Thinking by Dr. Bob Johansson. Uh, he's the distinguished fellow, is the past president of the Institute for the Future, and he published three books, uh, the trilogy, but the last one is Full, Full Spectrum Thinking, and uh, he has uh, some uh, very important aspects of where we are going, how we have to develop our thinking moving forward. So those are the two books uh, I would uh, uh, highly uh, recommend uh, to your audience. 
Yes. So actually, one of my favorite authors I was turned on to is uh, Brene Brown. And she has one that is called Dare to Lead. I've just, honestly, um, I haven't quite finished it yet, but it's been one for me, especially right moving into that senior leadership position and also transitioning into a new position where I'm going to go. This is going to be a book that I'm going to reference back to. So again, Brene Brown, Dare to Lead. And uh, I will put a plug in there for audiobooks, right? I know that you kind of bring that up sometimes. Hey, if you don't have the time to always sit down and read, um, I, I do audiobooks on my commute to work. And, you know, even if it's only a little 15, 20 minute spiel, a little bit of time to absorb that information and think about it before walking into that work environment. It works for me. It sets me up for success. Appreciate the recommendations. And I will tell you, my wife is a professional reader and she tells me that audiobooks totally count. So we're, we're good to go there. So, Well, hey, thank you so much for your recommendations, for letting us into a little bit about your coaching experience. I want to thank you guys again for carving out the time. This is an important conversation and I really do appreciate it. Thank you to both of you for, for your time today. Well, thank you for thank you for the invitation. And if I may, Commander Horton, as we conclude, thank you all for the service to our nation in this uh, daring time. We know uh, and we are reminded the importance of what you do for us. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us in the wardroom. If you have questions you would like our guests to answer, comments or suggestions, you can email us at thewardroompodcast at gmail.com or tweet or follow us on Twitter at wardroompodcast. Special thanks to our sound engineer, Lieutenant Chantel Lavender. If you like what you heard today, be sure to give us a rating on your favorite podcast listening app. It helps others discover the show and allows us to keep getting great guests like the one you heard today. We look forward to meeting again in The Wardroom.